America. Beautiful, fine, wonderful, fantastic Monday morning. I hope you're doing well. I hope everything's going great for you. It's a uh, spectacular day for a Monday. I'm heading to orientation for a new job. Uh, nothing to be excited about, and uh, I won't even go into detail because I'm just like I don't even don't even know how well this is going to pan out. But it's something. It's something. That's really all that matters. It's something. You know, when you hit hard times, you tend to take whatever you can get your hands on, and that's basically uh, where I'm at right now. I mean, if you gave me a job picking up dog shit, I'd happily take it at this point in time. And I know I'm not alone out there. I know there are plenty of Americans out there in the same situation. All this hoopla and bullshit about the economy doing really well is a bunch of hoopla and bullshit. Um, Maybe you're middle class and you're just doing fantastic. Uh, You know, congratulations. Trying to get out from under poverty... That's a battle that uh, seems to never end. You you try and try. You try to get on your feet. And you're hitting a brick wall at, at every turn. You, you make just enough money to cover one bill, and you don't even have the gas money to get to work. you got to beg, borrow, steal. But look, the economy's doing so well. It's doing so great. If I was, top, if I was one of the uh, top 1% of this country, I, I would be... Uh, ecstatic but if you're uh, down at the bottom of the barrel not so much you know I can't even tell you I, I can't even explain to you how I feel in my heart right now as I'm struggling with my wife and five kids it's it's a, it's it's literally just one of the worst circumstances I've ever been in and we live in such a, a tiny little area, there's nothing here. And if you can get a good paying job, you know, it's it's so far in between. And I've literally, I've been, I've gone to places that had job openings and literally 1,500 people applying for one job that paid $10 an hour. 2,000 people. I remember talking to one recruit and I was so happy to get this job interview. I was so freaking happy. And Literally, I was just told I had like a snowball's chance in hell of getting this job for three reasons. One, there were 1,800 people who applied for the same job. Two, I was one out of like 100 people she had to interview that day. And three, I was overqualified. I hate that terminology, overqualified. I'm overqualified to make money. That's great. You have, I mean, literally... You know, well, you got such a vast culinary experience. Why don't you get back into culinary? Well, that's what I would love to do. Give me a job that's going to pay my bills. I mean, anyways, you know, it sucks, but I'm not a quitter. I'm not someone who just sits back and says, fuck it. My family can be homeless. I don't care. Right? I mean, that's. I've reached out for help. I've reached out to that uh, Bill Pult 
on uh, Twitter. It's Twitter phila uh, philanthropy, whatever it is, philanthropy. And um, I never got a reply or anything. And I'm sure he's probably got you know 800,000 people, literally asking for help. And you know, I think it's a little weird that you'll literally see someone saying, "Look, if I don't have $200 for cancer." treatment or, or whatever, something really, really, really needed. I mean, I've seen people on there saying, look, you know, I, I need $200 for this medication or I'm going to have to go into a hospital. I'm going to die, blah, 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 blah. I mean, real serious cases of people in need. And he'll have like a giveaway for $15,000. And that makes no sense. I mean, why don't you take that $15,000, divide it up by 15, shit, 20, and hand it out to people that need it. But what I don't understand about Bill Poult is that he doesn't do that. What he does is he'll 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 put up an RT, a retweet, for someone that needs medication or something. You know, for two hundred dollars, I need meds. I'm just saying. You know, this is like things I've seen. And but yet he'll hand out fifteen thousand to someone that's you know living in a nice house, doesn't have any health care needs, no problem at all. $10,000 to this guy, you know, 1500 to this guy, $1,000 to this person. But when someone actually writes him with actual needs and, and requests and help, basically begging for help, he just he just RTs them, you know, gives them a nice retweet. Here, see if you can help this guy. And meanwhile, you know, join my giveaway for $1,500. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. The logic there doesn't make sense. If I had vast amounts of money, if I was a multi-billionaire, and someone, you know, wrote me a message saying, look, I need $200 or I can't, you know, I'm not going to be able to feed my kids or uh, my electricity is going to get shut off, something like that. Instead of giving away 15000 to some moron, I'd probably give them the money they need and plus a little extra. But I'm not a multi-billionaire. I'll be right back. Danger Close, USA, American Podcast Radio. of you who don't know my show, I do my show en route to and fro, uh, places I need to go, sometimes on the way to work, sometimes on the way home from work, um, never been political until Donald Trump, um, basically I did start doing this show because I got sick and tired of the only people out there that talk about Donald Trump's presidency are from the right, like people like Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, blah, 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 those douchebags, and I figured, you know what? Our side of the fence doesn't have a voice. Maybe I could be that voice. Obviously, I'm not because I don't get that many listeners. I don't have millions of people listening to me. I don't know why. I have a great voice. That's what I've been told a million times. I've been wanting to be like someone to just syndicate me, but I know that's not going to happen. Maybe I can get hired for a radio company or something. I would make a good radio voice. I'll do the graveyard shift. I would love to get paid for talking. I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I don't know. Maybe there's a rock and roll radio station out there somewhere that could use me because this is what I listen to. Sing, sing, 
modern version of classical music. Yes, that's what that is. I, um, you know, here's my message to Bill Pult. P-U-L-T-E, Pult. Am I saying it right? I don't know. I try. I'm not much of a linguist. I, um, I really think, you know, if he's listening. It, okay, I want to pretend he's listening. Bill, listen. Listen, Bill. Bill. What you need to do is start helping people who are asking for help for minimal amounts of money instead of doing these thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollar giveaways. Oh, it's great. Don't don't get me wrong, but here you have a struggling family, my family, me. We could have used uh, you know, a tenth of that. Fifty percent of it. And we would have been caught up on our bills and everything would have been great, and I would have been able to just say I would have actually had like about 5 trillion pounds of pressure taken off my shoulders and the stress in my house would have evaporated and we wouldn't have been struggling just trying to keep the threads together just so I have enough gas to get to a job that's not going to pay me enough and by the time I get paid, even if I can continue to go there because I don't have the gas to get there, I mean I'm going there one day, I, I, I'm figuring I'm going to run out of gas in two days. I'm not going to have the gas to get back and forth to work. You know, I'm I'm one of many who have written you asking for help. You know, I'm, I'm not lazy. Don't get me wrong. I'm uh, far from lazy. Some of the things I've done in this world to make money would make most grown men shiver in their boots. Um, and I'm not even saying that to be, you know, I'm being honest. Um, I'm blue collar. I've been working all my entire life. I can literally go all the way back to when I was eight years old. I've been working all my fucking life, and, uh, you know, I hate, 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 H-A-T-E, hate to ask for help. I hate it. My pride gets in the way. We had a, a pastor, his wife told me one day, she goes, you have too much pride. You need to learn to ask for help when you need it. And I'm like, you know what, you're right, but I'm too proud. I don't know. But I'm at that end of my rope, and I'm reaching out for help, and I see things like what Bill Polt is doing and other Twitter philanthropists are doing, trying to raise funds to help people in need. And then I see him do a giveaway for $15,000. And I'm like, you know, you could do so much with that $15,000 instead of giving it to one person. And then I, I, read, I read a little bit and I actually talked to the lady, Mindy, whatever her name is, who's been harping on him and supposedly stalking him and all this other stuff. I actually talked to her. I had a conversation with her. And she showed me some things that made me question whether or not he's legit, whether or not he's actually giving money to people who need it. Bill, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I hate to say it to you, bud, but uh, she's got some stuff that kind of looks a little fishy. But I might be wrong. I don't know. You know those GoFundMe accounts all hosted by one person? A little strange. But then again, I'm not in your shoes. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you do that for a reason. Maybe this person that you work with is, is just trying to help these people and setting up these GoFundMe accounts. But it's still kind of odd. And I don't understand why you'll do a $15,000 giveaway with so many people asking you for $10, $15, $200, whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't put myself in your shoes. I give you a lot of credit. I, I really do. I, I think what you do is great. I think it's awesome. I think that if I had the money to do what you would do, what you're doing, I would do it too. The only problem is it doesn't seem like you're doing it right. And it doesn't seem like you're doing it the right way. Of course, I don't know what the right way is. But I'm assuming the right way would be to help as many people as you can. And that 
last giveaway you had for $15,000. I can't imagine. That would have helped my family tremendously. $500 of that would have, would have saved us from an eviction notice and having our electricity shut off. Seriously. Luckily, our electric bill's kind of being taken care of, we think. We're not sure. We had to go through a local thing called TANF. And if they can help, great. If they're going to pay it, great. If not, then we're fucked and it's going to be shut off on the 9th. I don't want to ask for help. And I'm sure the majority of the people that do ask for help from Bill Polt literally don't want to ask for help either. Nobody wants to go out and say, please help me. Everybody would love to be able to function on their own, not have a problem in the world, take care of their own, not have to reach around for a, a handout or a hand up and just say, look, I'm, I'm doing well. I don't need any help. Let me help somebody else. That would be my philanthropy. But I can't even pull that out of my keister. Now, I, I really, I really hope he does well with his program. But I'm, I'm a, I feel a little discouraged with it. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not dumb. I realize I'm probably one of, like I said, eight hundred thousand people that probably message him every day. You know, blah 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 blah. Please help, please help, please help. He's probably got no way to help everybody, and I, I totally understand that. But when he has an opportunity to help people, why doesn't he do it? Fifteen thousand dollars given to one person versus how many thousands of people out there asking for help just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I don't know about this Mindy woman and I don't know anything about it. I don't, I don't know how much of it's actual factual truth. What I do know is it's kind of a little weird and, you know, I would hope that, you know, none of it's true, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, you know, weirder things have happened weirder things have happened. In my lifetime. Um, and I'm just being honest. I'm just, I'm being, I'm being honest. Anyways, enough about Bill. I, I, I wish him luck. I really do. I, I think what he's doing is great. I doubt that he's going to help me. And I doubt he's going to help a tremendous amount of other people. But, you know, he'll give $15,000 to someone who doesn't need it. I'm just saying, I mean, one of the giveaways that he literally gave to some woman, it was like, oh, nice hair, nice house, you know, the whole thing's all just, you know, I really don't need this money, but thank you so much. And I'm like, wow, I, I don't even know what I would get, I don't even know what I would do with $15,000. I don't know what I would do with 5000 I don't know what I would do with $1,000 right now, the way things are going. I'd definitely get my bills paid and be able to just take a deep breath and take a sigh and just feel a little relaxed instead of this fucking shit that we're going through. Excuse my language. You know, just beware, my show is not uh, PG-13. I don't even think it's rated R. It's probably rated X. I don't even know what it would be. It's not good. It's not, my, my show is not good. It's not good at all. So Donald Trump's pulling out of the whole Syria thing, which I think is actually pretty good. The only problem is, is now he's basically giving Turkey a free pass to invade Syria. And who's been defending Syria? And, there, you know, there's a lot of countries involved with what's going on in Syria. One of them just happens to be Russia. And yesterday was Putin's birthday. So the United States is going to pull out, abandon the Kurds, and uh, Turkey's going to go in and do their thing. Great. And I wonder what will happen after that. Who will come to the defense of Syria? I don't know. I mean, who's going who's gonna to do what there? What's going to happen in Syria? I mean, it's a hot mess. And, I, you know, I don't want my 
my fellow Americans, the men and women serving our country, to be put in harm's way, uh, defending other countries, especially Saudi Arabia. You know, why don't we pull out of Saudi Arabia, too, while we're at it? But, uh, you know, there's just something fishy about this whole action of Donald Trump's. And you know what? I I don't really care. I, I know the guy's guilty. I know he's a sham. I have no respect for him whatsoever. Can't help that. I mean, he, you know, someone said that, you know, why are you going out of your way to discredit our, our glorious president? Literally, someone said that to me. Why are you going out of your way to discredit him? I don't understand. Discredit him. Why? Why do you want to discredit him? I don't do anything to discredit him. He discredits himself every single solitary day when he opens his mouth. He discredits himself. He decredits himself about his intelligence. He discredits himself about what he knows and what he doesn't know. He discredits himself about how to spell the, ro- the, ro- the word moat. <sighs> Sorry. I, I mean, I just... We got a president that really thinks that the, wor- the word moat is spelled with two O's. People try to tell me how great he is, and I don't see it. I'm sorry. I try. I tried when he first got elected. I was like, I'll give this guy a chance. It took like a month, and I was like, this guy's freaking out of his mind. I mean, I'd rather have someone with some sort of intelligence and the ability to actually spell words, not make up words. Kavivi. I. Well, now it, it comes out that it's it's some sort of uh, tribal Islamic word for something. I forget. But uh, it's not. It's just that he made a typo. And instead of just saying, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this is how small he is as a man. He fucks up a fucking spelling of a word and instead of saying, oops, oh, I misspelled that. He hires 14 lawyers and, you know, tries to, to nuke Iran. I'm just saying, I mean, this is basically what he is, man. This is basically how he functions. Instead of just taking responsibility for a mistake. He does everything in his power to act like it was perfectly okay and perfectly normal. And that goes with every single thing he's done as president. It's perfectly okay. Everything's perfectly normal. What I'm doing is perfectly normal. Trying to cheat the election, that's normal. Everybody does it. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I hope you enjoy my show. I hope you know that uh, I do this just because I can. I'm trying to have fun. I try to enjoy myself. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm nobody special. I appreciate you tuning in. I will do a second addition to this podcast, and I'll have a total of two. Maybe you'll get a whole 40 minutes out of me. Anyways, this is Danger Close USA, your host, Jeff Kaufman. I, uh, I bid you uh, a great day. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Reserved for doctors. I don't know if I should park here. Hold on. Maybe not. Maybe I should not park there. Reserved for team park, short-term parking. Reserved vendor parking. I don't know where I'm supposed to park. This is crazy. I'm going to park here, but I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Anyways, I'll be back. This was Danger Close USA, American Podcast Radio.
I went to my uh, my new job, and it was an onboarding process, and that was it for the day. That was it. I watched a couple videos and signed a piece of paper and took a quiz, and yeah, onboarding. That's it was onboarding is what it was. So I, I worked for a whole uh, two hours and fifteen minutes. Wow! I mean, I made uh, eighteen dollars. I don't know, eighteen ninety. I made twenty-two dollars today. Well, that's not going to feed and water my seed. Um, actually, when I got there, uh, they told me to wait about a half hour for some information to propagate propagate through the computer. So I went outside and uh, sat there, and I put on my Twitter for a second and saw Talbert Swan. Now, a lot of people don't like him, and I disagree with him on a lot of shit. I really do. Um, but I like Talbert. Now, the reason why I like Talbert, he doesn't hold any punches. He talks like like it is. He doesn't uh, sugarcoat anything. Unlike me, he's a lot more uh, kinder and a lot less uh, vulgar. He's a man of God, and uh, although we might not agree with everything he says, it's his right, his heart, and you have to respect that. I, I mean, he's one guy who I can respect for being the way he is. It has nothing to do with his skin color. It has everything to do with the fact that he talks straight from the heart, um, which, to me, I can respect more than anything else in this world. I, I have a lot more respect for someone who... Uh, who speaks from the heart than someone who uh, just, uh, well, like me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that bad. I speak from the heart. You just, uh, you gotta understand, uh, I'm a little rough around the edges. Uh, I'm, I'm Christian. Well, you wouldn't know that by the way I talk, but I am Christian. I do believe in God, and, uh, so does he. And, um, you know, one of the biggest, uh, things that people argue with him about is whenever he talks about the color of Jesus. Personally, for me, um, the color of Jesus' skin really doesn't matter to me. It doesn't. I know he's not white. And I'm not saying that because, you know, I'm downing white people. I just, I don't believe it was a white Jesus. Sorry, I mean, uh, we're talking the Middle East. uh, Very, very uh, odd if he was. Um, But it's really irrelevant to me what his skin color was. It really doesn't. Now, if he's black, freaking awesome. Middle Eastern olive, sun-kissed by the sun, whatever olive skin tone he might have, I don't know. Slightly like me, reddish-brown. Oh, I, I've get, I get that a lot. What do you mean you're reddish-brown? I'm not purely a white guy. I'm not purely an Anglo-Saxon. All of my descendants did not come from Scotland and Ireland. Um, I got some Native American blood, we're not exactly sure what, in me. Um, of course we have a little Jewish in me. I also have a little Italian. I also have a little bit of Scottish. And a wee bit of German. But, uh, I don't really, see, that's, that's the whole equation with the way I look at things. I, I don't really judge people by the color of their skin. Never have, never will. Don't understand why people do that. I mean, and I'm not using Martin Luther King's uh, few words of wisdom here, but I judge by the content of somebody's character. I've met good and bad people of every race and greed. I don't think that there's one particular race that's better than the others. 
Of course, you couldn't uh, convince a white supremacist of that. You couldn't convince uh, a, a black person that thinks that black people are better than white people. The bottom line for me is, is how you treat yourself, how you treat your family, how you treat those around you, how you take care of other people, how much you care about other people. That really is what matters to me. I really could give two poops less. Wait a minute, this isn't censored. I could give two shits less about the color of your skin. I judge you by the content of your character, who you are as a human being. It's the way I'll always be. Because I've... I think there's lessons in life that if we don't learn from them, it really was the point of living. You have to learn from the lessons in life. And one of the lessons in life that I learned a long time ago is that there's no perfect race and there's nobody with any particular skin color that's better than another. And, you know, okay, got into this argument with a white supremacist uh, over the weekend. Well, I wouldn't really call it an argument. It was a, a show of stupidity versus a show of arrogance versus me versus dealing with a lot of racist shit thrown at me. Everything from a, being a hook-nosed Jew to uh, a nigger lover because I my stepson's part East Indian. One man's trash is another man's treasure, as he said to me. Well, here's the thing. I got some bad news for all us white folk, <laughs> including me. Genetically speaking, now this is from a scientific point of view. Now, I'm not being racist. I'm not downing white people. I'm downing maybe some dumb white people, some dumb black people, some dumb brown people. I don't know. If you think your race is uh, superior to others, uh, I pretty much consider you dumb. But here's, here's the thing, okay? Genetically speaking, I give it another thousand years or so. Another 10 centuries, another millennium of time. And we will find that a majority of human beings will be darker skinned. Genetically speaking, the dark gene is, is more prevalent. Um, it's adhor- adhor- adherently, adherently, excuse me, adherently stronger than other genetics, I mean, other genes. There's, I, I remember reading a scientific study when I was a kid. It was about this guy who had like a hundred white rats in a box or, or some kind of thing, you know, for, for rats. And added one black rat to the mix. And over a period of time, eventually, all the rat, over, you know, over the period of time, the gestation periods, everything, generation after generation, generation after generation, eventually, all the rats became black. Well, you know, I'm looking at it on a global human scale. You might disagree, but brown genetics, dark genetics, dark skin will continue to be prevalent and it will continue to grow. And who knows, in a thousand years, we can look back and more people are going to be brown than white. Well, here's the argument that the white supremacists, they're replacing us. What are they replacing exactly? Can you can you can you please tell me the white race? Oh, okay. They're replacing the white race. Here's the fucking thing. And I, I wish more Nazis would understand this, Nazis. Skinheads, whatever you are. Ignorant fools. However that title fits, wear it with pride. This is the thing. No singular race is better than any other. The 
the only race, in my mind, the only single race that really matters in this world is the human race. And I think I would love to be able to go into the future 10,000 years and and see that, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not wishing that the white people totally disappear off the face of the planet. I'm white. I don't want to say, I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, genetically speaking, over time, scientifically speaking, 10,000 years from now, we're all going to be brown skin. We're all going to be dark skin. A major portion of us will be black. That, my friends, is highly more probable of an outcome than you might imagine. And unfortunately, for those of the, those people that are white supremacists, they're going to have a rude awakening, but they won't be here to see it. I, I just, I don't understand the fear you're not being replaced by an alien. Your race isn't going to be, you know, eradicated. The human race is what really matters here. So, I mean, why put all the skin colors to it? I really don't understand. A human being is a human being no matter what their skin color is. You couldn't say that to a white supremacist because some of them are raised in the deep south where, you know, black people are actually farm equipment. And don't, don't think I'm kidding. I've, I've lived around these people. I've ingested what they sell. I've listened to the rhetoric. I've listened to the negativity. I've listened to the arrogance, the stupidity, the fucking childish crap that these people troll out of their mouths. And they actually, some of them will tell you this joke. They, they call it a joke. It's like a joke. They make little fucking jokes. They think, it, they think it's cute. I don't think it's cute. I had to work with a couple of them for, for a, a while. And, uh, you know... I didn't play the the game with them. I just ignored them. I had to. I had to feed my family. I had no other choice. Everybody, I've had this discussion before. I would have just quit that job. Okay, well, you would have quit that job and ended up in the position I'm in right now for quitting that job. Because I quit that job for the same fucking reason that everybody said I should. And I did. And now, I'm struggling to make ends meet. Because my conscience got the best of me. And it should I mean, I should have quit that fucking day they called my son a nigger. I should have quit. And I'm sorry. If you don't like me using that word, I'm sorry. But that's what they called him. I'm not going to censor myself. I'm not calling anybody that. I'm simply using the word because that's what they used against my son. And I continued to work for six more months. And then I was called the nigger. I was the nigger. I was the Jew. I was this. And it kept going. It kept going. It kept going. I was probably the hardest worker this man has ever hired. And I say that with due diligence to the fact that I know I was a hard worker. And I'm not some lazy butthead that sits on his ass. I busted my ass for this moron. Busted my ass. So, he wasn't treating me like shit because I deserved it. He was treating me like shit because that's all he knew how to do. If you're not pale, white, and fucking got red hair, you're not worth a shit. It's the way he looked at it. I tolerated it because I had to feed my feed and water my family. I had to take care of them. They are what mattered to me. Not some douchebag. Not some arrogant prick. Not trying to make him happy. Just making sure my lights stay on and there's gas in the car and my wife doesn't want to kill me because we're broke. And I eventually, my conscience got the best of me. I lost all respect for this guy and I quit. And now we're struggling. When I should have just bit my tongue and just said, fuck it. I'm going to keep working for this asshole. I'm going to let him call my son a nigger. I'm going to let him call me a Jew. 
I'm going to let him treat me like tra- like trash. Just so I can keep... And I, I eventually just made up my mind. I talked to my wife. My wife and my family, my kids, all said the same thing. Dad, we know you. You're a good man. Get the fuck away from this idiot. So I did. Wrote him a nice little letter. Signed it. And uh, off I went. No use for that shit. But now I'm paying the price for it. Bad choice. But it's okay. I don't care. I do care, but I mean, I don't care. I'm not working for him anymore. I'm going to find something. I'm going to get something that's going to make ends meet. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to survive. My kids are going to survive. I can't give them the life they deserve. That's what pisses me off. I'm still trying, and I think that's really what matters. You know, I I talk a lot on this thing, and not a whole lot of people listen to me, and that's fine. I, I Maybe I should play more music. Maybe I should take the sponsorship off and just play music. I could do that. I could just play music all goddamn day. Say a few words. And now Van Halen, hot for teacher, and play that. I, I'm just, I'm not that kind of guy. I want to talk. I want to get things off my chest. I want to say stuff. I want to be the, the polar opposite of Rush Limpballs and uh, little teeny Sean Hannity. You know, we need that in America. We need something better than what we have coming from the media. When you talk about radio talk shows, I mean, the first one that pops in my mind is that stupid, freaking, arrogant asshole, Sean Hannity. I can't stand him. I have no use for him. Don't like him. I, I can't stand him. Mark Levin, oh my God. I haven't liked him since the very first time I heard him talk. And he's gotten progressively worse over the years. He is now utterly the biggest buffoon in any form of media that's available. The guy's like a little mini Nazi. I don't care what anybody says. Look at him. Look at the way he acts. His persona. My name's Mark Levin. I get angry. Fuck you, Mark. Fuck you, Sean. Fuck you, Rush. Fuck all these guys. I can't stand them. They're not They're not true Americans. They're, they're propagandists. Nobody's paying me to talk. I wish somebody would. Maybe somebody could pay me to shut up. That'd be great, too. I'll take that. You know what? What really gets me about America right now, what's going on in America right now, is that so many people turn a blind eye to our, our president. Now, I still believe that a majority of the people that you see that interact with him on Twitter and Facebook are Russian, Russian operatives. And I say that because I know it for a fact. I'm not going to even bother trying to explain it to you, but I know for a fact. I used to be a webmaster. I ran websites, I ran blogs, I know, Google Analytics doesn't lie. When I get 200 visitors in 15 minutes, and 70% of them are from Russia, and I posted a link on fucking Twitter, yeah, I can guarantee you that they're Russian operatives or Russian bots, they're not Americans. I mean, I challenge anybody out there, I challenge CNN, I challenge CNN to get one of their webmasters who run their CNN site, 
to post a link on Donald Trump's Twitter feed in one of his stupid, idiotic comments. Post a link. And then give it an hour. And then post the results of the analytics for that link. And you will see, just as I've seen, a major portion of those people that visit that link, through that link, originate from Russia or elsewhere. And a major portion of them are the ones that are going, Donald Trump's the best president ever. Yeah. No. Wrong. It's really wrong. Dipshit wrong. Super wrong. A lot of the people that you intermingle with on social media are not Americans. They look American. They have a picture. Maybe they're holding a kid. Maybe they got the American flag and they're and the banner and they, and they and they talk like Americans. I mean, they write like a you know Google Translate works wonders. But at the bottom of the, at the bottom of the bucket, they're not. At the end of the day, they're not. They're not Americans. A major portion of the fucking people or things I want to say that follow Russian Trump. Sorry, President Trump on Twitter are not American. A major portion of them are from Europe and Russia. Ask any webmaster that deals with Google Analytics. I'm not lying. I hope you're having a good Monday. My day's over. Things are uh, getting a little stressful at home. I hate to ask, but anybody who might listen to my show, if you could make a donation, it would really help our family. I need gas money. I'm literally like an inch away from, from E. I mean, I'm, I'm below a quarter tank. I have absolutely no money to put my gas for gas at all. Um, any money you send to me is going to be used to pay bills. So if you'd like to make a donation, uh, the dollar sign, family of seven guy, family of the number seven in the word guy. That's the dollar sign on the cash app. Dollar sign, family of the number seven guy, family of seven guy. Or if you want to make a, uh, a donation through PayPal, it's rustyironjohnson at gmail.com. My PayPal is rusty. R U S T Y, Rusty Iron Johnson. J O H N S O N. Johnson. Rusty Iron Johnson at gmail.com. This is Danger Close USA, American Podcast Radio. This was your host, Jeff Kaufman. I hope you enjoy my little bit of a almost an hour long episode on Danger Close USA. I hope you enjoy what I say. I hope you understand that I'm a good man. And uh, I hope you can appreciate what I uh, what I think. Um, I wish everybody a wonderful Monday and a better Tuesday. God bless America. Hooah.